Hello and welcome to. Okay, that was not right. <laughs> about all things John Byrne. My name is Brian Hughes, and I'm here with uh, several fine fellows. First, we've got Kurt Greenfield. Say hi, Kurt. Good morning. And Tim Elliott. Hello. So uh, David and John will not be joining us today. They've got uh, other commitments, unfortunately, that uh, prevented them from being with us, but we'll be thinking about them all the way through. And with that being said, I just have to start off with... Yes, do. Hey, Tim, you want to talk about what we're doing today? I uh, will be happy to tell us what we're talking about, or tell you. Tell you know, Never mind. <laughs> it's been a while since we podcasted. We are going to be, this is our continuing coverage of John Burns' Elsewhen, which if you're new to our podcast, one, shame on you, you should be listening from the beginning. Two, this is his... Wait a second, we got guys out there like Rick Sheffield who started listening to us from the very first episode all the way up to today. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're diligent. They're stalwart. Oh, yeah, they're good. Yeah, he, they, he they, started have, late. But hey, loyal he, got, listeners. He, he caught up. Yep. And we have more people joining the Facebook site. I think I approved about four or five people yesterday. So oh, we're excellent. up to 341 members. So it, it's starting to spread. 341. What does that mean? That means something. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, anyway, what are we doing uh, today? We're we're covering Elswin. Uh, this is John Burns' fanfic. Uh, to to you know, the, the best description of it, it's his own little personal project. He's not getting published. He just draws it. He doesn't ink it. He draws and writes it, and he posts it on his uh, Burn Robotics page for it's free to everyone, and it's just his creative outlet. And he has revisited the X Men. Uh, it's 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 a take from when if when he left the book if he'd stayed on the book kind of where he might have wanted to take it so uh and we're up to issue i think you said he's uh issue 27 yeah i think they oh. just finished 27 28 27. actually so the next one starts tomorrow tomorrow uh we are yeah. covering issue 21 and 22 and we have covered all the others up till now so you can, can go back through our feed and listen to all the other uh, episodes going up to this and get caught up. But we're just going to cover We cover them usually two to three at a time. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, I mean, there's not a whole lot in news and such going on that we need to discuss. Um, I will say that the latest ep- uh, issue of uh, the latest couple issues of, uh, of Elswind have been really really interesting and have moved like lightning um it's i mean i and and i won't even relate what it is about but i will say that what's going on in the books right now may have interesting implications for the issues that we're reading 
today. And um, I, I I just can't say why I feel that way since you haven't caught up there and yeah. not every one of our, our listeners has caught up on those also. Yeah. Uh, suffice to say that if you're reading the, the latest stuff, I don't know that your, your mind is going to go where mine has. And uh, I, I, I don't know what I need to do. Do I need to like write a note, put it in an envelope until <laughs> it's time to open it up and reveal, you, you know, what I thought. But there you I go. I, yeah, there's, there's your predictions. Well, we should we should say that he has been releasing these typically a page a day, right? I, I don't read them that way. I wait till they're all done. I read them as one issue. But some people read them on a daily basis and they get one page, which I would think would be hard to read it that way. There um, is something I wanted to bring up. And, um, you know, of course, a lot of people have been taking the issues and um, putting them together and getting them going to a copy house and getting them printed out. And um, there's some dealer on Facebook who has uh, taken it upon himself to uh, bind these together into a big omnibus, and he's trying to sell it for like two hundred and eighty nine dollars. Sure. And, and I get it. I, I just find that repulsive. You know, I mean, it's just. Uh, well, the thing is, as soon as people see it, they start reporting it, and it gets pulled down because yeah. it is a copyright infringement. You know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, and I think to your point, most people are doing this because they they they're doing it for their own collection. They're not doing it to make money. They just want a hardbound physical copy of this. And, right. And if you want to do that, you can do it. You just they don't want you going to you can't um, sell it. Yeah. Because Burns not getting any any he's not getting any royalties or credit or he's not getting a piece of that. So uh, right. Neither right. is Marvel. Yeah. Exactly. There's lots of there's lots of. <laughs> Lots of reasons why you can't just uh, just print this up, but uh, and there there are people that are, that will ink these pages and they will post them on uh, Facebook, and they do a pretty good job. Some will do covers. Some will, I don't think I've ever seen anybody colorize any of this, but I've seen. Oh, that's several okay. Pages. We'll get to colorization a little later on. Yeah. Jeff Tolbridge's been digitally coloring. He's been digitally inking it and coloring it, and um. I, I can't say, I mean, he does a good job in coloring it, but I don't like the color palette that he's using because he's using a lot of purples and fuchsia. And I mean, you know, that looks good in other places, but for, for the comic book sake, it's so foreign to what we'd seen before with the X-Men that I, it just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. I, I would kind of stick with like a four color or, or what was present yeah. uh, when exactly this, the, theoretically this would have been out, which would have been probably the, the early eighties. What do we want to, uh, since there's not like a lot of news, you want to jump right into uh, issue number 21? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I have done the synopsis for both of these uh, and I will read said synopsis. Uh, X-Men elsewhere number 21 entitled parallel lives meet at infinity. In the past, we open on the mirror universe high above the Earth. Asteroid M is feeling the wrath of a god enraged. Thor smash. The mirror M men try to escape with their lives. Thor continues to smash. Nothing can stop him. With the blast doors closed, the mutants stumble into Magneto's lab, where he has the mirror Kurt Wagner in a machine with lots of Kirby crackle. Magneto urges them into the machine in order to escape. He has adapted Kirk's powers to spy and spy on and now travel between universes. They jump to our New York, but the strain kills the German mutant. Magneto starts to throw his weight around, and some buses and cars, to show the humans he means business. The evil troop leaves the scene for parts unknown. 
Cut to the X-Mansion as the Professor chats with the Avengers. Uh, he tells the mutant leader the mirror Magneto killed about 15 people and vanished. Uh, this, he's talking to Iron Man. He suggests the mutants should handle the mutants, so it's their problem because it's, it's Magneto. Professor slips into something more uncomfortable, Cerebro, to search for the evil mutants. Now back to the present. The professor could not detect the mirror counterparts because, well, they were mirror counterparts. Uh, we see Pablo, Carla, Terry, and Ashley try to sort out what is going on as Pablo reacts to Mirror Magneto's uh, continued aggression. Then the young mutant hurls Mirror Beast into the Master Magnetism. Magneto reacts and throws Hank into a bulkhead, stunned. Xavier used the distraction to paralyze Mirror Magneto, but is surprised by Prime Magneto. He accuses the professor of meddling with his mind. Flashback. A few years ago, Hannah... And I'm pronouncing right, Altshuler, the granddaughter of Abraham Altshuler, Xavier's old mentor, visits the X-Mansion. His old teacher is dying, and the professor decides since the 100-year-old man won't be using his brain much longer, he has an idea. Like Frankenstein, he borrows a brilliant brain for his own purposes. He implants a de-aged Magneto, see Defenders number 16, with the brain patterns of the peace-loving old man, hoping it will keep the former leader of the evil brotherhood from becoming, well, evil. All went south when Eric the Red re-aged Magneto and the memory implants didn't take. See X-Men 104. Magneto is understandably upset. Wolverine reacts to the increasingly angry Magneto. He lunges at the villain only to have his adamantium bones ripped from his flesh. Red! Joff, <laughs> Joff no. attacks Mirror Magneto but is repelled. In the confusion, Xavier pulls a helmet from Prime Magneto. Cut to outer space. The Shi'ar in orbit, the Shi'ar in orbit, continue to try to separate Kitty Pride and Astra, who were merged in issue 19, I believe. Uh, the counter, the countdown begins. The switch is thrown, and the process begins, but the separation is unstable. Back on Earth, Mirror X-Men, that should be Mirror M-Men, have subdued uh, Prime Colo Prime Cyclops and Jean Grey. Mirror Quicksilver wants to rough them up, but his sister warns him not to go against Magneto's orders. Suddenly, Storm and Iceman come to the rescue. They attack and rescue Scott and Jean, but the two groups of mutants continue to battle. Back to the basement. Colossus is concerned Xavier's meddling with Magneto's mind is a step too far. Nightcrawler tends to Wolverine, who is bleeding to death on the floor, and the Professor continues to hold the two uh, Magnetos uh, paralyzed. Mirror Magneto explains how he used Kurt to spy on our universe and eventually travel here. But Xavier realized he is trying to hide his real reason for, for his uh, trip to our world. Before the truth can be exposed, Pablo stirs and a basement erupts through the ground to be continued. Well done. Thank you. And I'm sorry I couldn't. I wrote that in my notes about when the two were merged. And I was going to go back and put it in my notes and I forgot. So I don't know if it was 19 or 18 when Kitty and uh, Astra were uh, merged and Gar uh, Gladiator Basically, they were kind of one big lump, and he grabbed him and took him up into orbit, and they've been trying to separate him the last couple of issues. Well, if Byrne keeps shuffling pages around, who knows which issue it happened in now? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's. Uh... But it does. I mean, it, all that matters is that because they both have similar powers, they're both phasing, so they phase together, and now they're trying to. And of course, uh, she's one of the the. Uh, Gladiator's troop, so he's concerned of her. He's not so concerned with Kitty. 
So they're trying to separate the two bodies and, and then they're trying to separate their, their minds as well. So we still right. don't know what that's still playing out. We still don't know what's what's how's that's resolved itself. Well, what do you guys think of this? Uh, there's kind of a lot oh, going on. By far the grossest episode that we've seen so far. Because of the Wolverine. What, what they did to Wolverine. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, when that happened, I mean, it, it kind of made my guts turn a little bit. And this is something that, you know, Byrne would not have been able to do in the actual book. At least not like this. Not the graphic way that, that you know, he put it in there. Mm. And we so, should... uh we should mention that when Kirk shouted out red, this is the only panel that he has overlaid the panel where his, his, uh, his, and his, uh, skeleton is being ripped from his, the flesh. Uh, he's overlaid that with a big splotch of red. And that's the only color, uh, one of the only color in this book. That's the only time he's added color to any of his, uh, his drawings. Yeah. So far that, that, that is the case as I recall. Um, and it's just, yeah, I mean, you, you, and and the the other thing is is that with that panel, you also get a look at Wolverine's skeleton, and you see it as much more Terminator like than simple lacing of the bones, which is what Shooter uh, pushed on Claremont to keep putting into stories. Is that his bones weren't made of adamantium; that they were actually just laced with Coated. bits of adamantium. Yeah. Well, if, if you look and, at, oh, go but, ahead. But but I mean, you can see that that his entire skeleton, at least the arms right there, as you can see them, are you know metal and they're they're solid constructs. So uh, you know, because what what had happened was is that you know in in the early books, you know, he'd said that his bones were adamantium. You know, Claremont was saying that the bones were adamantium, and Shooter kept having questions about that. It's like, well, if you don't have bones, how do you have bone marrow? And if you don't have bone marrow, how do you, you know, get white blood cells? And they're just like, the guy heals. He doesn't need the white blood cells. It's a comic. Yeah, well, a comic. I, yeah. I think even Ohatmu uh, brings that up. How does his, if it's, how does, it doesn't seem to interfere with the production, the production of, uh, of white, uh, white blood cells. White blood cells. Or, yeah. um, and it's drawn, it's usually drawn, I think it's just because they don't know how to draw it if it was strips. They, so it's usually drawn as like a robotic, um, but I mean, even the the skeleton we see in X Men one forty two when he's disintegrated yeah, by the Sentinel, that looks yeah. like a robotic body. Yeah, that's just solid metal skeleton. Yeah, and you know the thing is, the reasons for it will be revealed in later issues, um, and and you'll actually find out why that is, so that the skeleton is you know replaced by adamantium. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if this is his uh, Burns' reaction to when they removed the adamantium from. Uh, is it Fatal Attraction? I I, I don't know that, and and I don't think he's he's not really glo- you know talked about that in particular. Um, I don't think he's really read uh, if at all after yeah. he left the book. But he's probably aware of how you know, he just and and. Yeah, of how it happened, where it looks. He's more been like, told, you know, what's happened yeah. here and there. Yeah, and of course, you couldn't. It, to your point, you couldn't show this in a comic code uh, in the day. No, 
You can show no. it now. <clears throat> you can show it now. And it's just more, it's more of a realistic take. Like, this is really what, honestly, Magneto would probably pull his entire skeleton from his body, not just his arms. Because we didn't explain that. It's just, it looks like his, the flesh is ripped away, like, up to the elbow. So yeah. he's got these dangly, fleshy bits. And, and I don't know if his tendons are still there, so can he move his arms without the He'd flesh have on have him? He would have to have tendons. He'd have to have all the cartilage and everything yeah. else that we all have. So, um, so uh, you know, it's got to be in there and it's got to be doing, doing whatever it's doing. Um, now, the other thing, the, the other thing I had a question on was Magneto, and that is, how is he getting around so well? He should be still healing from his last battle with the X Men. Because if you remember, and that was, you know, within the, the early tens of the of uh, Elswin, um, Wolverine slashed him up really, really good. He lost a lot of blood. They went up to his asteroid, and then he just made the asteroid fall apart. We don't know what happened to him after that. Yeah. But he would have to get some serious, serious medical care that he didn't have access to right away. So I always wondered what the heck happened there. I would think he would have some... You know, again, to Kirk's point, it's a comic book. He's got some form Mutant of... Mutant healing factor. Yeah, or some high-tech uh, medical device that, you know, can... Because, you know, they've established it. He's, you know, he's like genius yeah. level, and he can create all this stuff. Well, so I he's mean, got... he, he did create Asteroid M. Yeah, or he could go to... He could yeah. simply go to a mutant that can heal him. I mean, there's tons of them out there. Yeah. Um, but this mm-hmm. becomes the confusing part because... And we'll, when we cover the next issue, we'll talk about it more. But now you've got basically you have two Magnetos. You've got an older Magneto from the Mirror Universe, or Alt Magneto, and then you've got the one that we know of from the six one of the six one six universe, which is the right. one that uh, that rips Wolverine's uh, hands out. Uh, and they've they've got a distinct difference. He has got the old style kind of riveted uh, collar or hood. And the other one just has kind of a smooth, and it's just, I guess, so you can tell them apart. Well, yeah, yeah, and and, and the other one had, the old one had an older style mask, but it is gone. Yeah. The, the older, older style helmet. It is gone. So the only one right now that's got the helmet that prevents Xavier from reading his thoughts is the young Magneto. Right. The, yeah, the, our prime Magneto. And that, that helmet will come into play again when we cover this next issue. Uh, now, that comes what did you play. guys... What did you feel about the whole alt shore subplot? I mean, because the, the idea behind that is to, this is, you know, basically him saying that all the stuff that Chris Claremont wrote in with Magneto having been a Holocaust survivor, you know, and, and, and all that was actually just from the memories of alt shore here. That's not his true history. But because of what happened with, you know, Xavier and Eric the Red, it makes him think all that actually happened, but when in fact it was somebody else. And that, you know, that's what put Magneto in the area where he actually could have been redeemed, where, you know, he was found not guilty by the world court and all that. But, you know, that Magneto prior to that was just an evil son of a gun. <laughs> I I didn't pick up on that. That's, 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 uh, Good insight, Brian. I didn't. Th- I just thought it was just more uh, examples of Xavier being kind of meddling. I didn't make that connection that 
this alters Magneto's backstory completely. When when Stan Lee wrote Magneto originally, he was evil pure to the bone. I mean, he right. ran the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Right. And at least eleven. You, you read those early, yeah. You read those early issues of X Men, and you know there was nothing redeeming about this guy at all. And he was manipulative. He was cold. He was murderous. And then you know in the eighties. There was this like kick of you know redeeming bad guys, and Claremont was sitting there taking that role with Magneto, even to the point where Magneto started running the mansion, teaching the new mutants. Yeah, and, he, he would flip back and, and forth. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I've, I've read that that I don't know if this is Claremont's uh, idea or that w- this was suggested, and he kind of agreed with it that uh, Magneto was like Malcolm X, and Xavier is Martin Luther King. Yeah. So there, one is. They both have the same idea, but one just taking a more violent approach, and one's more passive pacifist. That, so that was a, a thought line that that Stan Lee picked up on when someone else had mentioned it to him uh, years after they'd started writing the X <clears throat> and he parroted that a lot. Yeah, but yeah, I'm that, not sure that, that, that was ever first. the original concept of the X No, it was right. I don't, was I don't think fashionable right. to to superimpose that over the the framework, and maybe it fits. But I never got that as a kid, ever. Well, I think if you have to look at the the Silver Age X Men, it's it is more simplified that he's the bad guy, Xavier and his guys are the good guys, and then they tried to make Magneto more complex. So they made him in more shades of gray, and that's mm-hmm. when I think they brought in the the his you know obviously him being a Holocaust survivor gives him, uh, and it also goes along with you know he was a member of a race that was persecuted. And the X-Men are persecuted, so they can stand in for any group that is being, you know, marginalized. So whether it's it's uh, uh, people of color or it's uh, the LGBTQT plus yeah. group or, you know, they can kind of stand in for anybody. Yeah. I mean, that's it. it, it they stood in for many of the, the racial communities mm-hmm. in the earlier days <laughs> in the 2000s when the X-Men 2 came out. Brian Singer tried to make it, you know, well, that didn't try. He, he showed it basically mirrors what's going on with the LGBTQ. Oh, exactly. Community. Yeah, he was yeah, right. If this is really Byrne trying to... I mean, it was very overt in the middle. Yeah, he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't subtle with that at all. Yeah. If if Byrne is really doing this, and I, again, I didn't pick up on this, um, I think it takes something away from Magneto. I think it just makes him just a, a villain when he had, uh, and I don't, I don't. I guess I don't understand why, why Byrne would do that unless he wants just. Well, I mean, look at look at Black Adam right now, or, right, you know, twenty years ago, Black Adam was nothing more than a one note villain, that basically was a foil for Captain Marvel. Yeah. You know, Shazam. Um, and that's all he ever was. He was the villain that had the same powers as Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel fought him and beat him time and time again. But he was a one-note villain. And, you know, that's that's just not something that really intrigues people. So as time has gone on, they've added more and more bits to him, you know, showing him, yeah, well, of course, at the very beginning, he was supposed to be a hero, but he just took the power for himself. Now they're writing that in the beginning, he was a hero. And that he fell from grace and that, you know, he was tempted away. And that's so like Sinestro. Now is, yeah, but now he's redeeming himself and becoming a hero again. 
And we're going to be seeing in these movies with The Rock, you know, not a just one note villain. You're going to see a very complex character that gives into temptation, that takes power for himself and ultimately has to redeem himself. Well, I think a lot of that is the fact that Rock doesn't want to play just a full on bad guy. He wants to have him a little more. He wants to have a little bit of a hero in him. In the stories of the heroes and the villains, it's usually the villain that has a much more compelling character that everybody wants to see more of, i.e. Loki. (laughs) You know, people are more intrigued by the devil than they are by God. Right. And and I think as actors, they love playing villains more than they love playing heroes because you can really lean into it. But we said before that the best the best villains are ones or guys that are women that don't think they're villains. You know, Dr. Doom is a perfect example. He doesn't yes. see himself as a villain at all. You know, it's just my, I, I know the right way things should be done. You guys don't understand it. And I'm going to, you know, impose my will on you. So I don't know. Maybe Do this we, is, sorry, Brian, I keep cutting you off. No, no, go oh. ahead. You're, you're, you're still continuing that thought. I'm, oh. I'm ready to move to get starting to look over the, the, the book, but. No, the last thing I want to say is I don't know if Burns doing this because he didn't agree with the Claremont's um, redeeming of Magneto and he thought he should always be a villain. So maybe that's his way of um, kind of course correcting, at least in his his way. I think it was uh, it, it worked for his story, the story that he wanted to tell. And so he thought, well, why don't I go ahead and throw this in here? Because that's a better explanation of what's happened to Magneto than what they've actually done with him. Yeah. If that's the case, we really don't know Magneto's origin. Right. Other than, he's Other just than a... he was born, had superpowers, and became a bad guy. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that simple. Yeah. The, 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 the whole problem in this being that sliding time scale, because... To believe all that means you have to believe that Magneto at this point is nearly a hundred years old and has dealt with all that and yet still able to function as a full powered supervillain. It just doesn't work. Well, not prime Magneto. I mean, because... they had de-aged and, and, and brought back, you know, of course, in, in the 70s. But uh, I mean, you know, it's, there's just too many things that they, because of that sliding time scale. That has you screwed all that. You know, first it was World War Two, then it was Vietnam, then it was whatever. Yeah. And and you know, to constantly have to keep rewriting the origins because of these, you know, the the the, the way time moves on and the stories, you know, try to stay the same. Um, it makes it difficult. This was actually, a, I thought, a a pretty ingenious way of working this way around it. It was, but when I again when I read it, I didn't pick up on what you're saying, which makes a, a, just a complete amount of sense. That I, now I feel I don't like that idea that he did. I thought he was just his way of trying to retcon that the maybe the way uh, ex, uh, Magneto had been kind of flopping back and forth because you know he he yeah. he he put these 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 pacifistic. Uh, engrams or brain patterns onto him hoping that as he grew up he would become he wouldn't be evil and then eric the red comes along and you know instantly makes him an adult it screws up the all the memories come come in at one time and that screws him up and then of course magneto is more upset that explains why he's really upset because he thinks like those are not my memories you know that my uh you filled my brain with memories not my own poison my mind so yeah 
Let's let's uh, jump back to the beginning of this issue, though, because, you know, the, the synopsis was good, but there's no way it could convey what we're seeing here at Asteroid M. Yep. Which, of course, you know, the, the opening shot, the establishing shot of Asteroid M over the Earth is really, really cool. But then seeing Thor blasting in and wanting to get at these, these, you know, and of course, this is a duplicate Thor. This isn't our Thor. It's the other universe's Thor, right. but he seems to be the same, just as powerful, just as, you know, godly. And he is, you know, breaking into Asteroid M with a scrank and a <laughs> boom. And uh, just this is everything you wanted to see from John, Bo- John Byrne doing Thor. Yeah, I, I do love his enraged Thor because... And we covered yes. this in the previous issues of this, that on this Earth, Magneto had killed, or I think Xavier was dead. He had broken, stole his files yeah. on mutants, created his little team, and they killed the Avengers. They killed the Fantastic Four. Uh, I don't know who else they... They killed most of the heroes. So now Thor yeah. is just obviously... Wreaking a, vengeance. Exactly, because his, his... He's avenging. Yeah, his, his comrades have been killed. <laughs> And he just not will not be stopped, and they they nobody can stop him. Cyclops can't. Um, he is just, and that's you know that that's a great demonstration of Thor's power when he wants to unleash it like that. Yeah, and I love um, you know just under the asteroid M image, there's an image of the the Alt X Men all you know basically struggling to to keep him at bay. Cyclops yeah. blasting a Joel and Jean, them running you know running away, Beast running away, and there's Iceman off in the corner on his ice slide. And that is just such a, I, I'd like a, a, a poster of that cleaned up and on my wall. The basically the original alt X-Men. I don't see and them. You can, uh, yeah, you can see quick. So, I don't see hmm? them as being uh, distinguished, different. It, you know, my first impression looking at this is, oh, this is the original X-Men. I don't see anything that really jumps out at me saying, oh, these are the alt X-Men. Right, right. You, I mean, the, the 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 thing is, well, I mean, there's the Beast because the Beast we know at this point in the other X Men stories is blue and furry, uh-huh. um, and and of course this one is not furry or blue. Well, he's hairy, definitely. He's got as much hair as like Wolverine. <laughs> but uh, and then of course sort of dominatrix outfit. Right. She's almost like the Scarlet Witch outfit. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a much sexier outfit. Uh, Cyclops is basically the same except he's got a yep. helmet instead of just the visor that I guess amplifies and, his power uh, and the angel basically is the same except sword. he's got um, yeah and that's supposed to sword. be the blue uh, avenging angel outfit the blue and white right yeah that's what, what like white. Neil Adams had him doing and for some reason later when Burm was doing him they drew him as red and white or they, they, they colored it as red and white Burm thought it was going to be blue and white yeah. But, uh, you know, of course, Scarlet Witch, her costume is like it is in the early X-Men where she's just got that big thing mm-hmm. around her face, which did. But uh, the face frame. Yeah. And I love the, the, the that last frame of Cyclops near with the smoke coming off the visor. And and he's much more powerful than, than our Cyclops because of that helmet that he's wearing. Yeah, it says it, it increases yep. his power like a hundredfold. Um and then on the second page, yeah, you look at the Scarlet Witch there against her face gear. It's just like <laughs> Sierra. It's funny. It makes me think of a of a baby jar yeah. bottle or something. <laughs> a what? 
the picture on the front of the Gerber's baby jar, baby uh, baby food jars. Okay. I don't know why, but that's just what it made me think of. And they they kind of reemphasize here, which they don't do in the MCU, is uh, that her power is unpredictable. She doesn't do. know she when she casts her hex, it just she knows it's gonna it's gonna cause like bad luck for whoever's she's aiming it at. She she can't you know direct it or know exactly what's going to happen. Right. Just something bad's going to happen. So she basically collapses the uh, the superstructure and then Cyclops, yeah. uh, I guess, yeah. fuses it. Yeah. Um, well, that's how she big, was kind of a big pile. The earliest X Men. Uh, yes, this is almost a direct callback yeah. to the first uh, page when we first originally meet Pietro and Wanda, where he says, "Careful, you know, you're pointing." Same thing, same verbiage, almost. Yeah, yeah. Because the MCU, they treated almost like it was she was had some type that, of psychokinesis. I mean, she her the, power seems to do whatever she needs it to do. I mean, I, it is true reality and whatever work. Yeah. Yeah, but in the MCU, it seemed to be mostly. She I got to say, he's Burton is really doing now, great work with his sound effects that he's thrown into this issue. The thum of thunder of, of Thor breaking into the the asteroid Bakum as they're trying to seal things up behind him, and then Zark with Cyclops optic beam. Zark yeah. with uh, that's a great shot of that's a great shot of Cyclops uh, blasting, um, and then all the doors He's uh, tangent. Does anybody know when the sound effects became prominent in comics? Were they always there, or were they were they uh, started? Were they injected at some point? This is a side tangent. I'm just curious if anybody knows. Uh, if anybody, I'd, I'd have think. to say that it, it it had to have started probably. It's a good question. You know, to to be so prominent, it had to be somewhere in the '60s. And I use as an example when I was a kid, I used to get all the digests of like Superman and Batman. And so I read some of the stories from the 40s and the 50s, and you never saw, you know, the the big sound effects like this put in there. And I think, like in the sex in the 60s, obviously, when you got your Fantastic Four and your other things that came in, and then of course what was going on over in the Batman books, I believe that they started using, you know, more dynamic looking um, sound effects as more dynamic looking artists came in and threw things like that in there. I'll have to look back at the the early flash issues to see if, you know, maybe even in the in late fifties, maybe Carmine Infantino, the others did it. My, but I, I would have to say that. Yeah. Yeah. My Kirby guess it was inspired. Sure. My, there's an actual sure care. Yes. And this is a tangent and I'll drop it after this. My guess is that it was a function of the Batman TV series with the large blap and flap and the, the, the onomatopoeia. The, yeah. The trumpet, uh, or onomatopoeia. the brass, announcing them in the fight scenes that's my guess but i wonder if anybody's ever investigated this so write in and let us know guys let's keep going yeah there's actually a character called a dc character called kevin, i think kevin smith created that that character for his batman books cacophony yeah. and the widening gyre well i would think that you know and of course there are several there are a few very famous you know snicked is one thwip uh Banff, those are the more I can't think of any DC ones that are been become very synonymous with a character, and I'm wondering if 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 we're talking about the Batman yes. TV show, which is 66, Spider Man was 62, 63. If Thwip was around, I have to go look at those old issues. So um, I don't know. That's a, that's a that's good homework for the readers or excuse <laughs> me, listeners. 
to uh, let okay, us know. Let's keep going. And now back to the show. Well, they they uh, they barge into his, uh, and we, I think we talked about that as one of the previous issues because there's this yeah. kind of jumping back in time that Magneto has captured Kirk Wagner and somehow adapted his teleportation powers to allow him to view other universes and he's even created like a doorway that he can jump and and so when they rush in he's at a panic and they just they don't just say jump i guess to the i assume this is the one he has been spying on but he says he just jumps to the closest uh parallel earth he could so they jump to new york so they're not only jumping in and uh, I don't know if they're jumping in time and space, but they're, you know they're going from orbit into New York, where they're recognized uh, by people on the street, and that's when he starts throwing know, and stuff you, around and kind of. I really love the, and, the page where they come first. That you see the the silhouettes of them as they're as they're running to Magneto, and then they come into that that lab where they where he's got Nightcrawler there, and you can see all. I mean, all of them coming into the room. And all this burn tech around the room, and this feels like like a a, a Kirby orgy of fun. <laughs> as far, oh yeah, it's it's special all that the crackle that's in that's kind of engulfed uh, Nightcrawler, and he then, basically pleads for his death. I guess he's been tortured. In the bottom panel, he's scared crapless. I mean, Thor is coming for him, okay. and yeah, I think he says he doesn't it, have yeah. uh, a mastermind he's, or toad. And Mastermind was was being able to create the illusions to protect oh, them okay. from being discovered because Mastermind and Toad were killed on a previous battle, either okay. with the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, someone. Yeah, it says the fear in his voice is palpable. His arrogance shrunken, shrunken, subsides. Yeah, Shrunk, nevertheless, shrunken, and then uh, so basically, yeah, he's so he's worried, yeah, because Thor is not, you know, you're, you know, even he is uh, afraid of Thor as well. He should I guess, be at this point. So then they yeah. now looking at this, yeah, that, that first panel on yeah. the next page, I thought that you know because you can see Nightcrawler's full features. I thought that he had gotten so weak that the shadowing effect that he normally has on his face wasn't working. But if you look at the Beast, you can see Beast is sh- sh- shielding himself from a bright, bright light. So it's just yeah, it's just bright yeah, light all around. Yeah, I think it's just showing them. that there's bright. It's yeah. So they kind of, they kind of, it's almost like they're forcing because they go right at they 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 kind of run right at Nightcrawler. So it's almost like his body is as they hit him, he's tele, he's bamfing, but he's doing it between yeah. uh, universes, and they all you know they all land up in an alley somewhere. So it's uh, it, felt very Star Trek. Well, it, it always you know, makes me suddenly... think of there was a movie uh, called Event Horizon with Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill came out about twenty years ago. Had you ever seen it? Um, yeah. Oh, they yeah, had a, a starship that uh, used a brand new type of drive that would go interdimensional and to get from one place to another. But some weird stuff happened on there, and they get sent to investigate what happened. And it turned out that that through that dimensional portal was actually traveling through hell and to another area in space to get through. And that's why everything was so messed up. And as you've noticed, whenever Nightcrawler he teleports in a puff of sulfur and brimstone. Right. So it's saying that basically he's opening a portal to some alternate dimension or something, and then they're traveling through that, and that's what what makes that puff of whatever. But 
here in instead of you know traveling to hell they actually travel just to an alternate universe right well right and that comes yeah. right out of a hot move that they speculate that he somehow he he gains access to this other dimension briefly travels through it then jumps back in and that's the 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 sound is the air uh filling in the space where he was and of course that's some of the atmosphere escaping uh which we get the brimstone and i think uh burn is just taking and i never quite liked that explanation i just thought well he's just a teleporter he's more you know he's like the vanisher he literally just teleports in the bamfing and the smoke is just a side effect you know that's just a cool side effect so i never liked that explanation for how his powers mm-hmm. work but burn's taking that and kind of run with it to uh try to get them between um he could have done the same thing with yeah, the vanisher but, if you thought about it the, the vanisher's you know, power is always the vanisher the force dimension there was a yeah, there was a, the a, a short story that was in Bizarre Adventures that included Nightcrawler and Vanisher. And um, they wound up in that Dark Force dimension. Uh, and it was a, a swashbuckling tale. I think Joe Duffy wrote it. Um, but I believe, yeah, I believe it was Dark Force. And that's how he was traveling. And there was another Marvel villain that I think Al Milgram created called Spot, who was also – he could. Oh, yeah, who could stick his Spider-Man hand villain, into yeah. the Dark Force dimension to make it come out wherever else he wanted? Well, he had those he had the those yeah. holes or the spots on his body he yeah. could remove and put on things, and you know it's kind of a, a almost a yeah. Warner Brothers cartoon kind of thing. But <laughs> he could have done the same thing on this with Cloak. Yeah, yeah. If he didn't, you know, obviously he wants to keep it as all X Men, but he could have done the same thing with Cloak. He has he has got some. You notice how you notice how his doors on the door, uh, pounding on the door, and there's like. Whatever you're planning, father, says Quicksilver. He's acknowledging at that point that Magneto is his father. He yeah, knows. They, they, they had done that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, earlier in this, yeah. But after, I forgot about that. I love the, the that next panel where they're all sprawled about and Beast is throwing. It looks like he's throwing up. Throwing up? Yeah. He, he has. He's like, oh, and then, my stomach comes catches up. But, and it looks like it's just withered shriveled. old. Shriveled. He's shriveled. He's, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, it's like used all him up. And Magneto just treats him with such disdain. Ugh. But you'll see later in later panels when they're leaving that the beast is carrying his dead body. So they they know for whatever reason they need to carry him around with it and just leave him. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice that. Well, I always thought he he if he felt that if there were if this is a world he'd been spying right. on, he knew there was a Nightcrawler here, so he could always grab Prime Nightcrawler and use his. And but they the wind up, you know, and they're in the middle uh, of the city to, to go back and they come across people and there's that scene where it looks like magneto throws a bus with a bunch Shades of people of in superman it. it's yeah yeah superman too but yeah here these thinking. people he are dying tossing they're dead i'm surprised I mean, that the, the public people. recognize magneto <laughs> or the x-men i mean how do they know these people and how do they know that it's not correct that they're together well, in, I, in the comics, you know, at, at that time, they were very well known. I mean, you know, the, the mutants got just as much press from J. Jonah Jameson and other guys as, as uh, you know, in, in that world, that, you know, that, that like Barry Bonds would get here. And I use Barry Bonds as a very bad example. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would think that, <laughs> I would think that, yeah, they would be enough coverage that, uh, that they would know who he was whether they, they knew who the mutants are or not i don't i mean i guess this time the next minute saved the world a couple of times so they should know know where he is but. you know the, the 
it just got also demonstrates it, how ruthless sure. this Magneto is. It's that funny that so middle panel of the the page where just just before he throws the bus, the bottom panel of the page just before he throws the bus, those background characters look more like Tom Palmer had uh, had a hand on him than uh, Byrne. You know, the guy that's sitting there saying, "But the X Men are with him." You know, all all those people that are standing there looking at Magneto and and. Uh, those look like typical burn people to me. I mean, yeah, the, the mouth, mouth. The, just the um, eyes, the the hair. It, it, it looks like Tom Palmer. Like I said, it just looks like Tom Palmer took a, a thing at that. I think Burn likes that yeah. look. <sighs> and then, of course, uh, they're all running away. And then we get to see Xavier talking to Iron Man. And I'm trying to, I mean, maybe it's just the angle and everything, but it makes it look like with the angle on the armor, the, the the faceplate on it looks like the older version of the faceplate with that V. It's it. I'm, I'm trying to figure out which Iron Man this would be. It should be just a standard one, like the the armor that we saw in Secret Wars, uh, because that's the armor basically he'd been wearing since I guess issue 110 of Iron Man. It looks like the standard armor, and I don't, at this point, no, I don't right. think Rhodes right. is no, that's, wearing it. That's definitely that's Stark. Stark. I'm just saying that that uh, the armor it doesn't look like that armor to me from the just the helmet the way the helmet appears because it's got like the little v at the top and there yeah. seems to be another thing on that of course that could just be you know the, the way the light is shining off of it that makes it look that way yeah i think that's the reflectionist yeah yep making it look look shiny could be misreading that uh, but then they go and see cerebro yeah. which and cerebro is in all its curvy glory there very much it actually it looked a little different because usually it's not the helmet it's not that kind of widow's peak type helmet that uh that they created so lovingly for uh deadpool yeah now he's wearing all it. these panels um, that we've been talking about have had these huge black borders um from the beginning of the episode the, the issue and that's because all this is taking yeah it's a flashback from flashback. days days before and uh as xavier is getting into cerebro and looking for the alt x-men that's when they move to the current time of the issue, and we get the actual issue title: "Parallel Lives Meet at Infinity." Yeah, because we had we had kind of got everybody. You know, Nightcrawler had made it back to uh, the X Mansion and got his costume back on. Uh, Wolverine's still kind of comatose, and uh, the Beast has his, had his shoulders dislocated. Uh, Colossus is kind of still just asking questions about what's going on. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the alt Magneto is basically saying, yeah, we're from a parallel earth. Um, and then we cut back to, uh, Ashley and, and I can remember her mother's name. It's not Carla. It's Carla is Pablo's mother. Um, uh, the mother of Ashley. And this is, uh, you know, Ashley and Pablo are two young mutants that Xavier was kind of, uh, had located and was trying to introduce them to, I guess, coming to the school. And Pablo is autistic and his has very undefined powers. Ashley can, she can just Robots move metal, right? Robots and, 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 and stuff. Anyway, stuff. And so they're trying to, and they kind of just, you know, they're kind of just been caught up in all this and they don't know what's going on. They're basically civilians. And then Pablo keeps reacting to, uh, to cause Magneto's, you know, his aggression, I guess. And he sees him as being a threat to his mother. So he, Lashes out by throwing the beast. Uh, I guess he has the beast whacking yeah. with his his arm, and then Magneto just throws the beast against the bulkhead and knocks him out. But 
that allows Xavier to kind of paralyze him, you know, stun him because he's not wearing his helmet because Nightcrawler uh, pulled it off. And that's when Prime Magneto comes in and we get the whole backstory of um, of these implanted memories and that that's not really me. And and, and in previous issues, this the alt Magneto had revealed that to Prime Magneto, that his memories were not his own. And we get a little backstory of uh, the stuff that had happened with Eric the Red, uh, which is from X-Men 104. And then when he was DH, which is from, which I didn't realize mm-hmm. that was from a Defenders issue. Um, he was DH by Alpha. Alpha. That's uh, right. He was DH by Alpha, the, the, the mutant he the created. Visitor. Alpha, Prime Mutant. That's what I thought at first, but it was this, this mutant that he Strange. created, which is like the yeah. ultimate mutant okay. called Alpha. And he, he de-aged him because he kind of turned on Magneto and then Eric the Red, for reasons unknown, re-aged him and kind of brought him into his prime so he's not old. And, you know, sus- sus- uh, may have increased his power. So he's a much more powerful Magneto when he's younger, you know. Um, and then that's when we get the Wolverine scene. Well, Wolverine, Wolverine has kind of just been in the background because he had yeah, to get the burned gene up. Had one, a, a Phoenix uh, one, one, had... Fried, fried his fried body, his brain, his right? Yeah. Metal skeleton, superheated. It you know fried his yeah. brain. He's at this point where he's talking yeah. in complete sentences, and he does recognize some things. Earlier, when he ran across Jean Grey, he kind of sniffed at her and is like, "Not Jean, not Jean." You know, he's almost like Rain Man, I guess, in his yeah. perceptions. So he's he's not quite back. Yeah. He's healing. His brain is healing, and he seems to have established this rapport. With Pablo, I Pablo finally can kind have of calm him a down. hypothesis of why that's happening, but I can't tell you what my hypothesis is. Don't, it don't, really, don't spoil really, stuff. really write it, write it down. Seal it up. That, that you're not caught up yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So we get, you know, we get the the which I think is kind of a, a shock scene. You know, it's uh, Wolverine lunges and Magneto just basically we talked about he rips his with a. Uh, Scooch, that S K U C H H. It's, I would think it'd be a very wet kind of a splooch or something that he rips his arms out and there's lots. Of, it's gory, um, uh, and then he's you know talking to the beast about yeah. See, I I modeled your adamantium skeleton on his, and then Joff comes in who's kind of been around. He's been hanging around since a um, a much older plot uh, storyline, and it seems that. Uh, and I know he came to Earth when they were defeating Dark Phoenix, and he survived traveling through interstellar space and impacting on the Earth. And he Burns seems to have really depowered him. He doesn't seem to be nearly as powerful as this guy's that got punched. Then he punched Wolverine yeah, into he orbit. Wolverine into orbit, and here you see him putting Magneto into full headlock, and you figured he'd just rip the head off or break his neck. Yeah, and Magneto just throws him off. He's yeah, he seems to be very but underpowered again, now. Remember, this is uh, one that he traveled through space in a metal cocoon. You know, survived re-entry, and we you know we haven't seen you know super extraordinary feats uh, done by done by him, and and he's also you know well, we'll find out later that he basically chooses to stay on Earth. Right, right. He thinks he's got. Well, I wish there was just some dialogue about yeah. hey, I'm still regenerating. Or I'm not the full power, or something to let well, us he's know. He's under that, a yellow uh, sun now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, 
Oh, is that it? I guess okay. he needs a blue sun to be powerful, huh? Um, that's right. So, uh, uh, Xavier, I know how Xavier does this because he can't stand. He somehow uh, pulls off uh, Prime Magneto's helmet. So now he's vulnerable to, uh, you know, a brain zap. You know, but typical, Burn really writes these books like we're watching, almost like we're watching a TV mm-hmm. show. Because that's your commercial break right there. And then we come mm-hmm. back and we're in outer space. And we're on the Shi'ar ship and they're trying to separate uh, that, Astra that and whole Kitty page Pride. Is so gorgeous. And they're like, oh, this is... It is. His outer space stuff is pretty cool. And I love his... his These alien mech bots and all the the stuff. And the, the one after that, the, on the next page where it's all silhouetted yeah. and you see them kind of as this globule in the middle, that's really beautiful because it's all black silhouettes and they're watching this big... It's almost like a yeah. big back-to-tank or something. And they're trying to pull them apart it's probably the it, same know, chemical and, type and bath that they used to separate the Hulk from Banner. <laughs> yeah, probably, or, or whatever. I mean, apparently their, you know, their technology is, you know, just, you know, light years beyond ours because like, separating the bodies they seem is, is easy, but they can't separate their. Um, the problem they come in later is they can't separate their like psyche, their their brains. Uh, but then that's that. The interlude's gone, and we're back. Now we're back outside. Which and Quicksilver, who have knocked out Scott and Gene, and yeah, he Pietro's looks like kind he's of about like, to yeah, let's rough him up. Neck. You know, he wants I to mean, kill he him. He really wants him dead. He does, yeah. And uh, then, of course, he's you know warned that no, no, Magneto, you know, wants him alive for some reason. And then that's when Storm, uh, in her newly modified costume, we talked about last uh, time we talked about this, so come in with uh, Bobby and. Rescued the two, and then they kind of get into a big fight. He's in on this ice slide. It, it doesn't look very flattering. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's kind of, well, it's kind no, of it, it, looks like, it looks like like he's a dog getting ready to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, there is that. And then we get the other uh, colored panel where it's Cyclops versus Cyclops, and they're. It's it's like the end of uh, Deathly Hollows where Harry and Voldemort yeah. lock wands. It's like their powers are colliding, and you've got this little miniature like sun. I was sun. thinking that it was more like and, uh, and I, Cyclops versus Havoc at the end of what oh about yeah. uh, 80, 80, 98, 99 yeah. of the X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that I think in this previously because you know they I think Ohatmu has established that. Cyclops and Havoc right. can't hurt each other because they're brothers. Well, the, they can't the, affect the each other. And I would can't think... affect directly, but it's kind of like a Green Lantern's ring. A Green Lantern can't affect things that are yellow. That yeah. doesn't mean he can't scoop up a bunch of earth and shove it at something you know yellow to get it out of the way. True. Here, True. there's still concussive force yeah. of what's happening in the air, and that alone can have an effect on them. Yeah. And they were, you know, so they, they're kind yeah. of, that's kind of a standoff. Uh, and they were back at the basement and there seemed to be little concern about Wolverine who's bleeding to death. I mean, other than Nightcrawler, uh, Colossus is holding, uh, he's reverted to human form. He's holding Professor X and there's more monologuing and he's still holding them paralyzed. And they're like, well, you know, the second you get distracted, you know, we're going to be free. And then they, again, to kind of explain again about, how he spied on uh, our world 
and that's when the professor and we and this is a must be an upcoming storyline that he says there is something else that you are trying to hide the real reason you're you fled here so it's not so much that they were escaping and, and that's the question that's the question or that he wanted that new worlds to conquer been, no answered yet has it not up to the right. issues and i've read not, i've read it's two not, no, it's these. not been dealt with um, yet yeah and we have certain other things you know when i we go to this next issue coming up here uh more things are going to happen but um then suddenly uh pablo stirs and just uh all hell well, he distracts Xavier. looks like the right? Fortress of Solitude. And since yeah. Magneto, yeah. both Magnetos are now free, who's to say what that power that's been unleashed? What's, what's happened? But it's like the yes. Fortress of Solitude erupting. It's just all these look like steel shards, straight shards kind of coming up through the basement. The car's being tossed. It's everything. It's just yep. the world just upturns. Cliffhanger. Uh, and then that's our cliff. That's our cliffhanger. End credits. End credits. Or try it. Next season. On an all wait new X Men Elsewhere. Let's try it. <laughs> well, that's that. Well, before we get into just quick thoughts, what'd you guys think of this issue? Before we go into the due to some year. of the flashbacks, but a very enjoyable story uh, that he's un unwinding, unreeling, unthreading out for us. I like it. Like when we had the Sentinel storyline, I was just spellbound in these issues and I couldn't wait for the, the next one to come out the next page. I was just there every morning when I get up, the first thing I would do is I go to his website and check out the page. Cause I was just like, wow, this is, this is great. This is, you know, what we want to see this kind of action, this kind of, you know, I mean, you, you feel sick for Wolverine and what's going on with him. And you hope that, at some point, Burns going to put him back together and have him be the Wolverine that we want, we want to see. I mean, I want to see Wolverine in the brown costume being the best, or is it what he does? But you know, you're not getting that right now. And it looks like it's going to be a little bit before we actually do. But I mean, the rest of the story here, Thor coming in like that. I mean, that was you know just again when gods great. knock. Yeah, it was great. And so I'm just, like I said, thirsting for more and can't wait to see what happens next. What the hell is Pablo doing? You know? <laughs> yeah, that that that's my only big criticism of this is that I, throughout the whole story of Pablo, that this seems to be going guy. nowhere. He seems to keep using him. Yeah, he's just right. using him as a plot device. I, he's not really developing. Again, him. I think um, uh, I, we don't have the answers yet in the latest issues, but I think it's coming really, really quick. And uh, when when it does happen, I think that everybody's just going to go, oh, groan. <laughs> if I'm right, if I'm right. Um, well, that doesn't that that doesn't sound promising. <laughs> Again, I don't know. I could be wrong. All right, so we push on point. to. Uh, uh, yeah, but that was only one time. Uh, she looks like push on. Yeah, I won't have be able to stay for the entire discussion of this <laughs> if we do, guys. Yeah, I'm going to drop out in about 15 minutes. Okay, let's go. All right. Okay, we'll uh, we get through that and stay as long as you can, Kirk. All right. Uh, Elsewhere, number 22, When Worlds Collide. The world upends. A tower of metal and plastic pushes through the ground in a tower of death. Gene Scott, Bobby Warren, and the Mirror Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver witness this from the woods. Uh, Scott examines the pile of metal, but suddenly it starts to collapse on itself. Back in the lower basement, Xavier picks himself up off the ground. Pablo has linked his power with Ashley to gut the basement. 
Professor tries to calm his mind, but the boy continues to lash out. The two Magnetos try to protect themselves, but one of them is stabbed through the chest. Nightcrawler teleports himself and Wolverine to safety. The rest of the X-Men pick through the debris and are horrified at the trauma to Wolverine's arms. See last issue. Mirror Angel swoops in and attacks the team with his energy sword. Kirk bams onto his back to stop him. In this struggle, the Angel is stabbed with his own weapon. Earth Orbit. The separation of Kitty Pride and Astra has stabilized. The alien scientists need Jean Grey to help separate the minds of the two women. They scan for Jean on the surface and find two, the being both aboard. Then mirrored Jean falls to the floor in pain, grasping her head. Magneto sees the impaled body of Magneto. At this point, we don't know which one lives and who has died. Back in the basement, Xavier is trying to calm young Pablo. His astral form enters the boy's mind with Ashley. Tries to take control of the two's powers and raises a section of the floor above ground. Now it's time for some explanation. The X-Men, finally all together, fill in each other on the events. The Mirror Angel is stunned from his stab, but not dead. The rest of the Mirror Villains are coming out of the woods, holding their heads. They no longer feel the presence <clears throat> of the evil Magne or Mirror Magneto in their heads. High above the Earth, Jean is demanding answers. There is an implant in the head of Mirror Jean, and the cyborg telepath rips it from her skull. Gladiator examines the Mirror counterparts. Gladiator explains the Mirror counterparts must be contained for the sake of the universe. Back on Earth, Magneto shows up and taunts the team. He has retrieved his helmet, or is it his? He is now protected from Xavier's mind control. Mirror Scott blasts the villain with his ruby rage, but Magneto blocks it easily. Scott is rewarded with a crushed skull. Scarlet Witch, uh, Scarlet Witch uh, and Magneto, Scarlet Witch witnesses the death of her former lover, lover, lashes out, uh, former lover, lashes out, followed by Prime Scott unleashing his power. Magneto tunnels away to safety. Magneto is spotted. What? Oh, Magneto, Magneto is spotted flying away. Prime Angel and Storm make chase, but the Master of Magnetism vanishes using a trick similar to Guardian from Alpha Flight. Back on Earth, the mirror counterparts are beamed away from the stunned X-Men. Epilogue, further plot point, what are we going to call this? We see a gray fox hunting through the woods when it encounters a being of energy with evil glowing eyes. See issue 20 for hints on this future storyline. Boy, that being fast. It was fast. I wrote that this morning, so I didn't want to put as much detail into it. No, uh, it was good. I did the other it one, was... but... I think it, it was really the, good. The around, and yeah. uh, now if we go back to the very first page when the, uh, I would really like to, this is the kind of page you want to see inked to see what that, that structure would look like. There, there's something familiar. It's almost, it makes me think of the Kryptonian structures from Man of Steel. It does. It looks exactly. It looks very, uh, it's very burn tech. It looks like the stuff from Krypton or, the the Emerald or City even or says it like from, from Superman tale. the movie, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, these these first couple of pages, when the X Men are not really fighting the Alt X Men, and then Gene plants an inhibition in their mind so they don't actually follow them. I thought that was really cool because as opposed to yeah. our Gene, the Alt Gene does not have telepathic abilities because she never had the Professor. To, to help her along. To help. Uh, now, whether you believe Gene had telepathic yeah. powers or was given them by the professor, that's up to you. I, I, I have a tendency to think that he just said that, but she had those powers 
and they were blanked out either by the professor at a young age to prevent her from, you know, doing the wrong things as a young child. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought she had low level telepathy and he just awakened kind of, her to it. You know, you're right. And just kind of nursed her along it. But, and I kind of skipped over this in my synopsis, but the, the, the tower, of course, at the, the last issue, we don't know if it was Magneto right. or who did this. Cause we, it looks like something Magneto would do, but when Scott's examining it, he says, no, this is just a big pile of, of debris. It's not fused Magneto together the way, do, I guess, yeah. you know, way Magneto would do it. And then it just starts crumbling down on itself and they all have to kind of scramble, uh, to get away from it. And I can't tell on that upper panel where he said it's too big to dodge. Is Gene holding kind of creating a bubble and, and keeping them from being crushed by this? It looks like, yeah, it looks like it. That, that she's done something there. Cause you see these waves pushing against it almost. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got her arms up. So I can't, I'm assuming she's holding it at bay and then Scott right. just blasts a big hole in it. Um, and then we cut I meant, to the I mansion. I meant to say where, this in the last issue uh, and this issue, uh, when he's doing professor Xavier in different shadowy moments, he's always looking like Neil Adams took a swing at the, <laughs> at the pencils. Well, I mean, it's really good. He, of course, he'll, he'll swipe from, from Adams whenever yeah, he gets an opportunity. Yeah. So I have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, and then we just see that the, 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 the basement's in, uh, just in a mess. And uh, Pablo is just wide-eyed and kind of, I can't tell if he's screaming or he's got his mouth open, but he is just... Do you think that at this point he's got and... some sort of mental connection to Wolverine and he's feeling Wolverine's pain and disorientation? I don't. I don't know. They've never made that uh, clear. Why Wolverine kind of has a calming effect on. I always thought it maybe it was because at, at this point Wolverine had more of a childlike mind, so maybe Pablo kind of they were kind of felt that they were kind of simpatico. Well, because they'd Wolverine always said that, that that Pablo uh, had a calming influence on Wolverine. So I'm wondering if maybe Wolverine is having an influence over Pablo right now, and that's. The, the power lashing out as, could, yeah, as it's a, a two-way street yeah but he had said that he sees magneto you know, he's very protective of his mother so he sees magneto as um yeah uh, as a threat so that's why he is lashing out and he is somehow linked we find out that he has linked his power mm -hmm. with ashley which kind of boosts his power so that's why he was able to gut the the basement and and uh and he's but Magneto's are kind of scrambling that they are being because one yeah. of them accuses the other one of doing it, uh, and they leave, they've kind of like in the, uh, he said creates this oasis of calm and, and all right. the, I can guess this debris is still flying around and then one of them can just we back up for one. just a second though? You know, can we back up for just a second though? Yeah. Page two, there's the second yeah. scene where they're the X Men where Scott and Jean, Angel, Storm, and Iceman are running away from the Alt X Men. And Jean's using her power to plan an inhibition in her mind. Does the middle of the page of the the area around Cyclops look like it's a darker gray than everything else? Almost like the fog that she's putting in her mind. Oh, I don't know if that's it. it I was wondering if he had to erase, erase something or, something or, or what. Is... Yeah, it, it it that that was one thing that stuck out to me looking at this page again. Is that yeah? There's that weird area. Right I didn't know if that was Jean's power or yeah. a happy accident. I don't know if that's on purpose or I mean, it depends on what. That depends what size, what kind of pencil he's okay, using. Okay, sorry about that. Um, back but, to Magneto. Oh no worries. Uh, so we get to, to Kirk's point. We get we see Magneto killed. Yeah, but we don't know. He can, you can tell he takes great one. pains because right now 
you can see the two back to back. And the one that, that's closest to us in that image is the older Magneto. The one that's faced away from us has the bolts, the rivets on the cape. So that's the younger Magneto. Right. Then, and he does. He he yeah. He takes a lot of. He goes to great pains to throughout the rest of this to let not let us know who which one of them gets killed. Yep. And then Kirk teleports out with Wolverine, who's still Argle just, Bargle, you know, Kirby Tech, Tezzle. and crap. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a nice it's a nice bamp though when he when he teleports out and then finally kind of the all X Men are together again and, and that, that's why I said it's kind of time to let let's do some exposition here about what happened and then angel comes in and he just starts slicing him with his little energy sword uh but kirk jumps on his back and oh, kind of yeah. gets beaten up by the wings but he he flips him around and stabs him with his own sword uh and that, kirk that, thinks he's killed him but that sequence now number one the, the image is like a two-thirds page image of angel swiping through both cyclops and and gene and i mean that that right there is just an awesome image doing the maniacal look on his that's face nice... god that's that's great and i mean it, it just goes right through him like like i you know i mean you don't energy. see yeah it's just energy we've we've found some yeah. inconsistencies without how, how that horde that sword's being handled but uh yeah this looks like the way it's supposed to be just an energy sword going right through him and then when and he apparently gets said it. Then when, oh, when Nightcrawler gets on Angel and Angel's sitting there just blocking him with the, <laughs> the wings, it looks like it would be disconcerting, but not necessarily yeah. painful. Well, how strong do the muscles have to be well, yeah, to flap and support a man? I mean, yeah. I'm glad to see Angel with some aggressive abilities with those wings. Yeah, He's but he, basically Nightcrawler's being hit with tufts of feathers. Oh, that's fine. Really, oh, really that's hard. a muscle. That's like a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, a... yeah, you're right. He's got the edge yeah. of the wings, which is the part that's got the tendons and all that, and that would be the hard part that's hitting him. But yet, still, Angel has presence of mind enough to go for the sword and get him right in the chest. But was there something you want... Yeah. Well, and I think it's an accident. I don't think he killed... I don't think he does it on purpose. Right. He's just trying to but struggle. But he at least oh, grabs the sword. Full. I thought he about. did it on purpose. He's a trained acrobat. Did he? No. But it says his oh, foe's yeah, resistance true. carries him further than anticipated. And that's when he hits him in the chest with the sword. Oh, okay. So. Well, you think he just grabbed the sword and teleport away and take the sword with him? It, it, it said he was disoriented by, the, by the instead. So he probably didn't have the presence of mind to be able to teleport to concentrate. Yeah, and he's probably. We've established he's kind of he's weak from a rough when he escaped time. from the hospital, so he couldn't do his multi. He couldn't do his multiple uh, tele- teleports. Yeah, Burns Nightcrawler's just are not having um, a great time in these books. No. <laughs> and then we're uh, then, then we're back then we're back in orbit uh, where they have successfully at least separated the two physical bodies of Kitty Pride and Astra, but uh, Tippus says, "Oh, we need now." You know, the the, the doing the 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 physical part was child's play, but we need to need somebody who's familiar who is uh, intimately familiar with the two of them. And I can do Astra, but I need Jean Grey because they still think Jean Grey is the one that spent time with Kitty. Jean or Phoenix spent time with Kitty. I mean, Phoenix spent maybe three, four hours in the course of one night when Kitty was kidnapped or Kitty had gotten into the Hellfire Club. 
But that's really it. Yeah, I don't know why they they don't just I don't know why they don't grab Professor Xavier. Yeah. He's the one that's most intimately. Uh, he's a stronger telepath. I, so, uh, but this is just a plot point so they can when they go to to look for Gene, yeah. they find two of them. So they grab and both that's of when them. They discover that the um, all X Men are there, and they realize this is not a good thing. Yeah. No, there's something. You notice you know, when the uh, alt uh, Jean um, Grey is being transported out, there are white highlights on her uh, collarbones and uh, prodigious, um, um, huge tracts of land. Yeah, her chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's, uh, if that's that's a. I think he's whiting out something. Or, he had additional shading or something, Maybe. and he decided to go another route because they're obviously lighter as they're teleporting them. Yeah. It's an effect. Right. Yeah. They're kind of like fading. Yeah. They're, they're kind of, yeah. Uh, and that's when this, the, the mirror gene collapses, uh, she grabs her head and that's, again, we are back to Magneto and again, he's keeping all this in shadow. We still, he's got this, they were both wearing capes, so we don't know which one is dead, but one of whichever one's alive spots the helmet and grabs it. So then, Xavier's like, oh, I've lost Magneto. So he's got the helmet on, obviously. Okay, okay so let's yeah. tease this out. What... If it's super villain, evil baddie from the other universe, Magneto, that's been skewered, that would explain why suddenly his presence or his uh, inhibitors on all the various uh, alt-X-Men goes under. However, if it's our exactly. Magneto, who's been slashed up by Wolverine and... Uh, and if that's who's been skewered, then the guy who says, as I may be soon, unless uh, he's he's awfully calm for raging evil, evil, evil ex uh, Magneto. I mean, he's he's more methodical. He, I think yeah. I'm thinking that it's the alt X-Men that are being taken off the table one at a time. And the alt Magneto has just gotten skewered by somebody, whoever. Mm -hmm. And I think the person who's left is our Magneto. Well, uh Who's taking the helmet? I won't spoil it. It, it yeah, it is revealed in the next. I think the okay. next issue who okay. it is. I'm not. Gonna I got to drop it. out here, guys. But it, they give you All a right, definite. Time. I just want to make that point okay. That that I'm I'm putting my money on <laughs> that it's our Magneto who survived, and then it's the Alt Magneto who was so evil, whose helmet is laying on the ground there. Alt and Magneto got skewered. That's where well, I'm placing my bets. Read ahead and see how you did. Okay. Yeah, read the next issue. You'll I'll be back issues, next time, guys. Uh, revealed. Yep. Well, thanks for coming on, Kirk. Sorry you got to. Sorry you got to jump off. Bye. Thanks. Bye. So, uh, uh, oh, we're back. Yep. We we're back in Pablo's mind. We kind of Xavier's got his astral form. He goes in, and he sees uh, Ashley there, and Pablo, and he's still kind of holding on to Ashley, and uh, he realizes that he has he has linked both of the young mutants' powers, and that's why he's able to. Go. To do all this stuff, so then uh, Xavier says, "Well, I'll, I'll just hijack the power myself and use it to." He kind of lifts them up, like on a like on a floor, a piece of floor or something, lifts them up through the ground. So now, yep. now everybody's on the surface. Um, they, uh, Colossus and Joff come up, dig their way out, I guess, and the other X Men come out of the field holding their heads, Back and they're like, just "Well, we second, don't." Because this is this part right here was really okay. really bothered me. And, uh, you know, the professor comes up with everybody and he's up on his knees for one, which is unusual because That's his true. legs were supposed to have been crushed. So for him to be up like that, he'd have to be in terrible, terrible pain. 
All right. It wasn't just below the knee where he where where his legs are crushed. The other thing is he asked for a report and Cyclops says we lost Gene. Now, when you say we lost Gene, that's almost like saying, you know, Gene was killed in any other battle situation. When someone says we lost yeah. someone, that means they're dead. And well, right. He should. Yeah. What? Right. But he should have said right. Gene was taken or teleported. I mean, they, they know what it is. But um yeah, it's interesting about. I didn't notice that about him yeah. being on his. Because uh, I thought he was like a. Uh, he was paralyzed from the waist down. I yeah, they were crushed his legs by were a he was large slab of rock uh, in his battle with Lucifer. And in fact, in this alt universe, the rock just crushes Xavier himself, so he dies. Yeah. Right. He says that. He says, "I think in this other universe, I died, uh, and that's why when you'll find out but later in other issues when they when." And, you know, like, and, and was Xavier in the room when Wolverine's claws were ripped out? Was he in the same room when that happened? I don't think he was, because I think it, so. He would have probably done something oh. to calm Wolverine down a little better. But he did, yeah. He that's right. He did tell Kirk to get him away. That's right. He was there. Um, yeah. Well, Kirk is like, we need to get him to. Yeah, we need to. We need to get him. He's bleeding yeah. down. He said, "I'll take him to the sick bay," uh, and that's I guess that's where he teleported from. But um, but to Kirk's point that we don't know that obviously the mirror Magneto had planted some kind of a device in all of these, the, the alt X-Men to, so that he could kind of mind control them or at least influence them. And now that that's that again, that makes us think that that X, that Magneto is dead because the control is gone. Uh, although why don't, why why uh, Jean Grey seems to be responding to it more severely than the others. The others just seem to think that, oh, Magneto is not, I don't feel his presence anymore. Uh, but her, she seems to be in pain. And then, of course, they rip the, this little thing out of her head, which is, yeah, that that's, and they're like, ah, that's, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, it says, you turn a hole in her forehead. He goes, eh, it was a matter of a small con- consequence. It's like, you know, he's, you know, Gladiator's thinking bigger picture. Because he's, he guess at this point they realize that them crossing over has un, has created a, an instability, I guess, between the universes. So that um, now everything's in danger. So they have to uh, contain the mirror uh, counterparts. But then we cut back, and then and this is kind of the towards the end here, where Magneto shows back up, and I couldn't tell. It looks later when you yeah. see him flying around. It looks like he's not wearing a shirt. Is he not wearing he his got he's rid got of rid of the cloak and all? Cloak. But um, I didn't think he'd gotten rid of the shirt. But oh no, no, I yeah. see, I see the the neckline. But he got rid of his little basically to get rid of the cloak. Right. You can't tell the difference between the two. So we still don't know which Magneto this is. I got to say um, one one other thing here. And Do you, you don't think know... that the Martins and and the Abascals are, are rethinking the idea of hanging around with the X Men? <laughs> Well, I'm sure they are. I mean, is probably... it always <laughs> like this? Holy cow! Yeah, I mean, they've had they've known nothing but just uh, between the Sentinels and this, it's just been one long battle. Um, uh, and then I, of course, like Xavier's telling me, you know, he's got his helmet back. Um, and then the the two Cyclopses yeah, um... decide they're gonna they're gonna attack it, and and the alt Cyclops is the first. You know, he he's because yeah, they all feel betrayed, and that's a great shot where he's blasting him and. and Magneto's just holding it. It actually made me feel good to find that he had put something in them, that he'd implanted something in them to help control them. 
because I just was like, was Cyclops and Jean and all the others seduced into this so easily? And to find out that he'd put this in them, you well, know. Yeah, that gets him off the hook uh, that they were, that he had, uh, and he, you know, he, and again, we don't know if, um, but uh, when he attacks him, Scott says, um, the others are acting as if, as if that is the Magneto with whom he had dealt before, yet the helmet is the, where right. is the Magneto we know. So again, that's more confusion. They seem to think that it's their Magneto, but it's got, you know, prime Magneto's but helmet. But you have no further use to me, uh, Summers. I'm, you know. No. Yeah. Scrunch, and he crushes his head. When I read that, um, I was like, that's got to be the older Magneto. That. When I read that scene, I was I was pretty sure that, that was the older one. Well, with his, for him saying you were no, uh, you were no further use to me, Summers, our Magneto wouldn't say that. So that gives you a hint that it's the one that he, he has dealt with. Because he's not killing yeah. our Scott. He's killing the mirror Scott. And that, and that right there is um, so painful. Of course, it makes then, me think of X-Men First Class at the very beginning of the movie when Kevin Bacon's Shaw character is trying to get little Magneto child to show his powers. And um, mm-hmm. spoiler for you know five, six, seven, maybe ten year old movie, um, you know it's like uh, he kills his mother in front of him, and then little Magneto uses his powers to crush the Nazis' helmets over their heads, so the Nazi soldiers there all you know die with their skulls crushed in. Yeah, um, I don't know if uh, if Byrne has seen that. I'm I'm pretty sure he probably watched those movies. He's prolific in watching movies, so. Well, right, and and you know, let's be honest. If you did have master of magnetism like that, you could, uh, you could kill yeah. some people in some pretty gruesome ways. I mean, you could really do some, some you know, nasty stuff. Um, but that that enrages Scarlet Witch because she was um, uh, had one yeah, time her and, they her had and a Cyclops and while the, the lover. she realizes that the feelings were manufactured she still feels something for him right uh so she attacks she kind of she hexes him i don't know what she does it's um she hexes him and it uh it looks like it creates a pillar of debris or something around him like a tornado or something and then scott the living scott blasts it but they realize that magneto had tunneled away so there's a big hole in the ground he's gone and an angel sees him flying off and they decide to him and Storm decide to uh, uh, go chase him, and that's the panel I thought where he's flying up to him. That it looked like Maggie because it's the, not colored. Maggie yeah. looked like he was not wearing a shirt, but he's just gotten rid of the the collar and the cape, so we don't know who it is. Uh, and then suddenly he's just gone. And I think this is exact. Uh, he's harking back to yeah, Alpha. Even, so I think they, this is exact uh, trick that, that Guardian does. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but no, Magneto's never that's done the that other before, thing. Um, they, they make a comment um, that you know that's something that their Magneto had never done before. Done. And yeah, so I guess they are heavily kind of giving you an right. idea of who this Magneto is. Um, and then our on our cliffhanger on this is the all of the alt X Men, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and the, the body of Cyclops. And Iceman are yeah. teleported away; they're beamed away, and that is it. And the only, you know, we have a little 
interlude at the end, which is we had similar to, I think, in issue 20, where we saw a squirrel being overtaken by, either destroyed or overtaken by something in the woods. We don't know what it is. And this is the same woods and a wolf. Um, there's a fox. And it's a very yeah. well-drawn fox, we'll say that. Comes across what looks like an evil <laughs> squirrel or something. And I know you guys have... You, uh, it, I don't think this is revisited. It was in this, revisited last two issues. in the last issue. And this. you know finally what it okay. is. Because there's speculation. It is? Okay. Uh, the, the two main speculations are it is Proteus moving from body to body or it is the remnants of mm -hmm. Phoenix. Phoenix. And we thought that's what you thought. I didn't. I never thought about Proteus, which is... Which is a good, I think, a good, and the way he's drawn, because Proteus always yeah, had those and white he would burn eyes, through bodies like you know nobody's business, and then, yeah, that's yeah. So that's a good, uh, that's a that's a um, that's a good theory, but um, and that's it, and it, you know, so we're left with that cliffhanger. Of what happened to the X Men? Uh, and I've read the next two issues, so I kind of know that kind of solves that. Kind of gets wrapped up pretty quick, um, and they move on to. I guess this storyline, and then I know he's bringing yeah. Alpha Flight in. Uh, I don't know how heavily Alpha Flight's in there, but I know he's, he, you see Guardian and um, mm -hmm. Heather in the next one. Um, so, well, know, you think all of these were really, like, really enjoyable. Um, it, I mean, it, it kind of resolves kind of quickly, but at the same time, it, it made sense, and I really enjoyed it. Um, just, you know, again, these these were like eating candy. It got better with every bite. I just kept wanting to enjoy more and, you know, then suffer the diabetic coma later. Uh, it, it, no, it was really enjoyable. Um, and you got to see things that you never thought you would ever get to see. Uh, he he actually did something here he doesn't normally do. And he, is, he basically gave us a little bit of things that we always wanted. And one of his... His mantras is always like, you know, give them what they didn't know they wanted, you know, rather than give them what they want. Never give them what they want. Yeah. Just give them what they didn't know they wanted. And, you know, he gave us a little bit of what right. we wanted because he'd, he'd done that um, cover for, you know, uh, What If years and years ago that showed these alt X-Men. And that just stirred the imaginations of readers everywhere that, you know, they're, they're like, well, what was that? When were we going to see that? I, I want to see that, you know? And he finally gave it to us. Yeah. Now, did he go the folk amut? Probably not. I mean, there's things that you know, you'd like to have seen. Like, what would have happened if Beast's claws had met Wolverine's claws? You know, what happened to the Wolverine in that world? Yeah, Was there yeah. a Wolverine in that world? Or were those claws from the Wolverine in that world and they just picked it off as his bones? I mean, Magneto could do that. Well, I think he says, I modeled them on yours. So... I don't know if there was a, I mean, there were counterparts yeah. to everybody else. I don't know why there wouldn't be a Logan, but maybe he was never, if there's not an alpha flight uh, in that world, maybe Logan's still running around Canada as a wild man. So he's still a feral. Uh, he was never discovered by anybody. You know, where are, uh, that would be kind of cool if you could see more of, um, and maybe see more in that. It's almost uh, similar to um, Age of Apocalypse. You know, we went that route where, the mutants had taken over, and uh, there were evil versions. Well, be of everybody. careful what um, you wish for. I'll say that right now. So, uh, you know, without well, without any other pretense. <laughs> I said my 
Yeah, my my own big problem is I, I I'm getting a little frustrated with Pablo and Ashley and those characters because they don't seem like there's anything going on with them. Uh, a little bit with Wolverine because he seems to be taken off the table for a while and he's not doing anything. Um, I kind of want, um, I would kind of like him to almost wrap up a storyline without sprinkling in new ones and then just start a new one. Because you really have to, when you read these, you really have to think, okay, well, he's, this one's finishing now. He's put this thing in a couple issues ago. Now it's come back. And now it's going to, he's going to start uh, expanding out of here. I mean, it's similar to, to yeah, Claremont. Well, Claremont has right gone on record as saying always... that if he was doing this as a, a, as a truly published book by Marvel, he wouldn't be doing it like he has been. He, he, he would handle it a yeah. lot differently. Um, and this is not, the way it should have been. He's also said that this is where, you know, that, that his, his muse is taking him as he is going day by day. And, you know, he's not working as, um, you know, in, in, in the past he could pu push out like three books a month. Uh, and what he's doing right now is he's doing most of his elsewhere work in the morning before noon, you know, basically before lunch. And then his afternoons mm -hmm. are either putzing around or uh, other projects. There's been word that there may be an IDW Star Trek project, but there may be something else that he's working on. He's not ready to discuss what it is. Well, it'd be nice to have some published stuff from him. And if, if you know, obviously, if he does Star Trek, we'll um, see that there. But there may be something else he's working on. You know, Chris Rael left IDW. And he's moved on. I don't. I don't know where it is. He's moved on to. I'd like to find out. I remember there was talk at one point. He'd asked Byrne if he wanted to do Dick Tracy, and Byrne gave it some serious thought. And then ultimately, you know, decided he, you know, didn't want to do detective stories because he doesn't like doing detective stories. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's. Hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll find out eventually. Uh, you know what it is that he's gonna do or planning on doing and, and hopefully it'll be something something you know that we hadn't seen before maybe or maybe he'll uh, redress something that we have seen um well you had mentioned that he was there were uh, talk of him doing stories right. based on well, these commissions he's the done one, and running with that the one kind of that seems to have the most that. traction is the superman and the invaders or J JSA or JLA and the Invaders crossover story. But he's also talked about the possibility. He had talked about uh, in these stories, instead of using the old X-Men, of using the next men in the story as a crossover character. Yeah. In this story? I, I don't know how that would have worked. That. Uh, that would but, I, you know, again... Yeah. That you know that would be pretty pretty crazy. But you know, again, he is not putting anything past you know what his muse will will take him. So if he's going to cross characters, he'll cross characters, cross companies. Yeah, he can do whatever. Yeah, if he's doing this. He can do whatever he I, wants. There's no limit uh, because it's just him drawing. Uh, I'm just sharing. I'm just you know got yeah. my fork and knife ready and I'm feasting on it. <laughs> New issue starts tomorrow. Uh, issue 28, I believe, and um, I'm I'm pumped, you know. Well, I'm at the download the. Uh, that means I've got three whole issues. I can uh, 25 through 27. I can download. Paul Spatar and Scott Gardner are probably going to hit me up for for the issues because they don't. It was like I told them how to get them, but they always hit me up. Hey, can you score me those those issues? 
I feel like a drug dealer. <laughs> You're like their dealer. You like their uh, dealer. <laughs> yeah, well, Scott's gonna have to give me some some Disney cash, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Well, I just uh, well if, if he can pay you back by if if you ever get a chance to go to Orlando and you, he can be uh, your Disney guy. That would, better. So I mean, that, that would the, be so so. Cool. Best time I had there was when he was showing yeah, us. Around. That would be that would really really yeah. be awesome. Anyway, I think that we've covered this pretty well. Um, I think we have. You, well, um, I just want to final, thank Kurt for joining. Uh, I think you can. Yes, I'm sorry you had to leave early. Um, yeah. And, you know, John and David, we've missed you guys. Yeah. Hopefully uh, you're listening to this and going, you're wrong. You know, so <laughs> like to <laughs> like to get their opinions. But I also want to get your, you, the listeners, your opinions, your thoughts. What Were we were we right here? Uh, did you have other thoughts? Um, now, if you have a severe dislike for Pablo or Carlo or – the Martins or whatever. We don't, we know that there are people that don't, that don't feel so, so great about it. So we don't have to hear about that, but we would like your feedback. You can write us at our email, which is got to get burned at gmail.com. Or you can respond to this in the Facebook post that we just, uh, where we posted the episodes, any of them, wherever you found us. Uh, or you can also leave us a yep. review on, Apple Podcast, formerly iTunes. If if you could do that, that would be great because it, it creates a better exposure for the show. And uh, that's yeah. that's about it. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we're getting a lot of exposure through because we've got so many members on uh, the Facebook site that, uh, and when we post it there, you shared about I, I all found the, some of the, the, lot, the similar sites that Facebook you follow that. that I was able to add us to or add you know the, the post on to to give exposure and i think that's increased the the listenership but uh i can't tell from the new website what the what their numbers mean they don't really translate very well i haven't even tried to i i was just been struggling enough trying to to navigate the website i have not looked into the 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 metrics uh that of numbers and stuff. I don't even know where you go and find it. Well, we can there. talk about that later, um, but uh, I guess but, for right now though, we should probably go yeah. ahead and close out. Thank everybody for listening and yeah. come back really soon. We're going to plan a, uh, maybe a Christmas style episode. I don't know if it's going to be a Christmas themed episode in the books that we cover. Cause there's not that many books he's done that have Christmas, yeah. you know, rolling about in them. So um, we'll no, it'd be more of a, be more of a, a nice present uh, instead of a Christmas yes, theme. We've got some ideas. Well, for third degree burn, uh, we yeah. thank you for listening. I'm Brian Hughes. Thank you I'm and tonight. have a great, great end of the year. I mean, we're in November, moving to December. Let's make it all very nice. Celebrate Christmas for two months if that's your inclination. That's right. And all, everybody, whatever, however you celebrate this season, then I hope you have a great time. Uh, spend time with family, eat some good food. Uh, and be sure to, yep. you know, of course, listen there, to the show. Have fun. Bye. Hello. This is a special bonus feature of uh, the, fe- the the episode you just listened to. Um, Brian and I are here, and we are going to read some comments from John Hyatt, who was not able to uh, join us on the, the episode you've just listened to, but he did uh, send us an email. And we're going to read that and uh, make some comments on it so that John, so it feels like John's kind of a part of the show anyway. Yeah. 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 I mean, David didn't do his book report, but John did. That's right. I really appreciate right. that. Yeah. John, we're gets, looking at you, David. <laughs> John gets high marks, but uh, 
David does have two young children, so I understand yes. that um, that life gets in the way. You know, I, I sit there and I think about the fact of, of David dealing with two sons. You know, I have one son, and he was magically able to do certain things that just caused me no end of pain and trouble. Um, his feet, his knees, his <laughs> even his head always seem to find some way to smash me as hard as possible in the family jewels mm. all during his growing up process. So with two sons doing this, I'm afraid, you know, we got to give David a pass any chance yeah. we get. <laughs> well, he doesn't have, he's got a, a son and a daughter, doesn't he? Well, yeah, but I, I'm assuming that the daughter's probably just as, 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 you know, disastrous oh, okay. and damaging as the son. Yeah. She may be a tomboy. Especially in these years when they just don't know what they're doing. It's true. It's very true. Yep. 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 Well, yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, uh, this is from, like I said, from John Hyatt. Uh, it's coming out of what we, we covered. And if, you're, if you've already listened to the show, you already know we covered Elswin issue 21 and 22. So this is John comment on that. Hello, Tim, Brian, and Kirk. I was looking forward to the What If Magneto created the X-Men story since, uh, since I saw the image of Mags and the team in the art of John Byrne 40 years ago. I really wish we had this storyline in Volume 1 of What If, but alas, it was not to be. But we do get a tale now in Elswin. I wonder why that was. I mean, was that like a you know shooter saying, no, we're not going to do it? Because that just seemed like a no-brainer. You see that art, you just would want to know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe because nobody, nobody felt compelled to, uh, to tackle the story. John uh, continues, the art of the two books is great. I love being able to see Scarlet baggage of the last 30 yeah, years. <laughs> it's interesting to see the competing Magnetos team up for the for this purpose, and I was wondering when each would start uh, scheming to take out the other, probably from the beginning, because there's no way they would... Uh, what Alt-Mags and the Alt-X-Men did on their own world was devastating, and having Thor after them definitely put the fear of the Thunder God in them. I felt the fear and the tension in the first few pages of issue 21. It's sad about the torture of Kirk and his death, but as said, it is a small price to pay for to end his pain. Uh, the characterizations are pretty good, uh, and as were the designs of the Alt-X-Men, though the helmet, uh, the helmet from Alt-Cyclops were definitely had a lot to be desired. Oh yeah, I gotta agree with that. I mean, I, I, again, I think um, Magneto made the helmet that way just so he could do what he, he did had he had any yeah but he didn't you don't must be necessarily did that to any uh he didn't have anything like that with the rest of the team um it, it to me it's it's burn being able to you you know he he has to draw them so that you can distinguish between like prime scott and all yes, scott but this is true also his comment that you know he said this the he had a special it boosted his power somehow so maybe that was, you know, yes. to, um, it's supposed to make, right, to make yeah, it instead of just a visor, it was something that was somehow amping up his um, his rays. So to me, it always looked a lot like um, Smart Alex's helmet Smart, from, yeah, I was uh, thinking Alpha Smart Flight, Alec yeah. from Alpha Flight. Yeah. All right. Well, I will uh, continue here the rest of this. Uh, I think characterization of Wanda, though, is disappointing. She seemed practically useless in most cases. Leaves a lot to, a lot of speculation as to why. 
Was she fighting the implant, which caused her to not be as aggressive as the others? Why wasn't she more fierce as a, and a fighter? Although all Jean is very aggressive, I think Wanda could have been less useless. You know, I think that probably goes back to the way Wanda was originally written way back in the early X-Men. Because, I mean, she, like the Invisible Girl, were written more as, you know, the, the, yeah, the passage of the team. Distress. Yeah. The damsel in distress yeah. that had to be saved by somebody else. Um, I mean, again, you know, Kirby and Lee did that with uh, with Jean somewhat. But as the years went on, she definitely matured more, you know, quicker and became a, a formidable character. You know, especially when you sit there and you think about the um, Roy Thomas, Neil Adams yeah. era. Um, yeah. But I, 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 yeah, I, I still, I see that that okay, you know, characterization as far as Wanda goes, and she was definitely getting a lot more manipulation from Magneto, using those um, whatever they were putting in, whatever he put into their heads, uh, and everything she did, he did throwing her at Cyclops and others, uh, make making her feel um, less effective since uh, she lost Cyclops yeah. easily. Well, to even Jean. even. Uh, Scott and Jean weren't as aggressive as Angel and Quicksilver, uh, you know. So it, I don't yeah, know if it right. if, it's, if it's amplifying, uh, you know, if they had any kind of aggressive or evil tendencies. Maybe it's make it, it's it's amplifying that. Or uh, you know, Scott and Scott and Jean seem to be uh, a little more. I don't want to say confused, but they were following, but they weren't. They felt like they weren't quite sure about what they were doing, but they didn't have any other course. So they went ahead and, and uh, hung out with Magneto anyway. So it, it didn't seem much for them to uh, yeah. kind of shake their, uh, you know, his, and we don't know what, you know, if his, what he was doing, was he projecting his thoughts into him constantly? Was there some kind of a link that they were linked to him? Because I don't think he would constantly be feeding them uh, emotions or thoughts or, Anything like that, because otherwise he would have just yeah, keeping them almost somehow. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. To him. And they were probably feeding off his emotions, um, almost like the rapport that Scott and Gene had, mm -hmm. so that uh, they were picking up on his bad vibe. Yeah. Well, John continues. Uh, the same is with Gene, our Gene. I think he's trying to differentiate the Pod Gene from Phoenix inhabited Gene, but I think he's going too far. Gene has demonstrated over and over. Again, before the incident with the solar flares, that she's strong, capable, and a fighter. Look at her involvement in stories from the original X-Men, particularly before it was canceled. The time up to issue 99, where she volunteered to pilot the shuttle to Earth at the risk of her life. And yeah, I just mentioned the other, the earlier ones, the Roy Thomas, Neil Adams ones, where, you know, she definitely had a better handle on things and she was able to multitask. In ways that you didn't really see before, where you know any woman with mental powers would use them for a few seconds and have mm -hmm. a headache or a bloody <laughs> nose or something. Um, well, we really aren't getting that gene, and it's too bad. But overall, I enjoyed reading the two issues. I want the Alt X Men to get their due, but then there's the implant that was used to influence and enhance their darker sides. The guilt and anger they'll feel now released after what they did. The ending seemed a little too convenient of a wrap up. We have been led to the peril of having the alt men threatening the fabric of the universe, but not sure how or why that they would do that. Excuse me, that would do it. The explanation wasn't paid off, and 
And yeah, I kind of agree with that. I'd like to see hear more about it, but we've just moved so far yeah, on he, into different storylines. Wraps you know, that up. Yeah, I mean, I, wraps I, I can't name all of it. Looking forward to the incredible folks who will pencil and will color them. Uh, it's great that John Byrne is working on this on this project. So nice to have interesting stories to read uh, his artwork again. Stories to read with his artwork again. Excuse me. Thanks Alt for the podcast, <laughs> Alt John. That explain. Okay, that, I, I knew something was really off about this, but what is what does Alt John do? I mean, does he like steal mail? He works for the. What's the opposite of the post office? I don't. He works for the. I know he works for UPS. I don't know. <laughs> no, the 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 opposite of the post office would be a bill That's collector. True. Maybe he is. Maybe he's like a. Because you know they drop off yeah. bills. It has to be somebody that takes. It's them. like uh, uh, Bradbury's <laughs> uh, twist on firemen in Fahrenheit 451. They're you know they're men that start fires, not put them out. So okay. Well, thanks, John. I'm glad you're able to at least write 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 in for this. Um, hopefully, you'll be on the the next episode that we uh, put together, or um, you know one of the ones down the road if if things go the way I think they're going to go but we don't know just yet um that being said uh do we want to talk about what's coming up uh do we know what's coming up for sure well i mean we've gotten a, an agreement we just need to figure out the day uh let's let's tease that on facebook let's do a like a teaser with that okay i will i will defer to your uh uh already yeah. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put Sunny to there do a teaser go. for this show in there anyway. Uh, yeah, I think a teaser will work. And then again, just uh, nailing down, you know, when we can have that happen. So that'll take some coordinating. Yeah, well, I think that that's an excellent Christmas gift, but it could yeah. also be a, a Thanksgiving. Well, no, this really is. This will be mean, a Thanksgiving. This will be close to Thanksgiving. To Thanksgiving. So I don't know. And who knows? We may have a co- cocktails and Hopefully. comics coming up. We'll see. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for now. Uh, as always, like I always say, be sure to write us if you've got any comments you want to make at gottagetburned at gmail.com, just like Alt John did here. Um, and we really appreciate it. If you really want to help us out, you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes. Or you yep. can just write that's to us on our Facebook it. page. Facebook Third is degree great Yep, We're right there. You had to find us somehow. You probably found us there. I don't know. Anyway, uh, no, I think I think that's it. Uh, this is a nice little uh, just to add on. You know, we've you know you've listened to probably two yeah. hours of a show, and this is a little little bonus. We we do have emails coming up from uh, Jack Bond and Rick Sheffield, uh, otherwise known as Nigel Spink. Is it Nigel Spink or Nigel Spink. Spank? Spank. Spink. But, spink, spink, spank. Yeah, we're gonna spink, have to get spink. to something. Yeah, we've spink. got a little bit of a pile up, so we'll have to get to some of those emails. Yeah, yeah. We, ha- we, we haven't been we forgotten. Will. All right. Yep. That's that's yeah, correct. And we absolutely. really appreciate it, too. Now now go out to Apple Podcast and, and give us a five-star review. It, it, it broadens the audience. It lets more right. people know that we're out here. All right. Well, uh, for Third Degree I'm Burn, Tenalia. I'm Brian Hughes, and we're out of here. Cool. That's the shortest Excellent. show we've ever done. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot com. 
Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs>